0: Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help So, Whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. For this episode, I would like to discuss self-confidence, self-acceptance and self-worth because I feel that these are areas that many of us dog groomers do need a bit of help. Low self-confidence is something that can affect many aspects of our jobs, whether we worry if we've turned out good enough grooms, or if we're ready to take that exam, needing to be able to promote ourselves and having the confidence to charge enough, never mind standing our ground with difficult customers. Our job requires so many roles, grooming, bookkeeping, time management, advertising, managing our appointments, And presenting ourselves to the customers every day with excellent people skills and, of course, a smile. None of us can possibly be masters of all of those things, but for some reason, we expect ourselves to be able to cope. And when we can't, it can leave us feeling a little bit deflated, to say the least. Especially when, usually outside of work, we all have something going on too. Today, I would like to talk to my first mental health professional, Lee Taylor. About the ins and outs of self-worth and how to work on self-confidence, both alone and with the help of counselling. We're going to talk about how low self-acceptance can affect you, and the truth about what counselling actually is, and how it works. Lee is a practising counsellor. She has an advanced diploma in counselling. She's a master practitioner in NLP, and she is trained in hypnotherapy. Although this wasn't the first episode that I released, it was the first episode that I recorded, I was buzzing afterwards because Lee was so calm and she offered so much knowledge and so many tips on how we can start making small changes to help ourselves. She was a lovely guest to interview and I'm so happy she was the first person on the podcast offering ideas on how to change both how we look at and react to things. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here we go. Hello Lee, how are you today? Yes, I'm fine, fine, all good, thank you. Brilliant. Um, So I was thinking to start off with, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you do for your job?
1: Sure. So um, I'm a counsellor. I've been in practice for around four years now, um, and I specialise in working with those that have lived with trauma. Uh, I'm also doing some work currently with people living with brain tumours, which is quite intense work, um, and also helping those that struggle with confidence, etc, etc, through my counselling practice. Brilliant
0: okay so that's great um so if we get our terminology right Mm because I sometimes think terms can be sort of thrown about a bit um self-confidence self-acceptance self-esteem and self-worth do they all mean the same thing and if not can you explain them and what we're actually talking about?
1: Yes, sure. So everybody gets a little bit confused with this because it's a bit mind blowing when we put it all together. But they are all intertwined and they all are related. Um, So self-esteem, this is whether you value or appreciate yourself. um, And this can change as a result of your life experiences and expectations and what happens to you. Um, Mm -hmm. Self-confidence is your belief in yourself and your abilities to complete a task um interestingly self-acceptance is the one i i prefer to work with when i'm in the counselling room because that's when we look at an individual's acceptance of all their um attributes whether they're positive or negative right
0: okay. um
1: so very often in life we feel we should present ourselves in a certain way and then we start challenging ourselves and thinking maybe we're not you know we're, we're wanting and that there's something missing from us so it's right. about with self-acceptance to accept uh exactly where we are, uh Warts and all, so to speak. Yeah. And the last one you mentioned, remind me again. Um, that was self-worth. Yes, yeah, self-worth. So again, that that's closely linked to all of the three that I've already mentioned. It's it's where you see yourself um in the scheme of life. So if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs which looks at a pyramid. You can Google it and have a look. It talks mm-hmm. about self, self-worth, self actualization So that's when we've got all the basics of our lives in a good place. So that's our home life, um, our relationships, we're feeling safe, we're feeling secure. And as we work our way up the pyramid, we get to a point where we really start to dig in to look at our self-worth. Um, And some people, unfortunately, struggle to go up the the pyramid because it's it's a challenge, but it's really worth it when we get to the actual space at the top and can recognise all the things we've achieved in our lives.
0: And that's something that you can do. So like if you do have quite a low self-worth, it's something that you can work on and and develop and and find a better place.
1: Absolutely. A, A lot of times clients that come to see me and people in life have been knocked by events. Be it childhood upbringing, parenting has a lot to uh, answer for when it comes to self worth. Um, but it's it, it's really possible with the, the support of a good network of people in your own tribe, so to speak, who get you to to support you. But it's also helpful if you come to a counsellor who can start to unpick where it's gone a little awry and how to get you back on track. Yeah,
0: sort of starting from the inside out, sort of thing. Absolutely great okay so when you talk to someone in therapy can you explain how a low self-confidence or a low self-worth might present itself and how big a part would you say that having like a low self-worth plays in contributing to things like anxiety and depression and other feelings of negativity
1: yeah so there's quite a lot going on there in the question which I I I get (laughs) sorry that's okay um (laughs) Self-worth as I mentioned is, is is a is around how you feel you've what you feel you're worth. So we often do a lot of comparing and tr- contrasting, and I know you're going to come to another question later on about something that can impact on that. Uh, okay. So when somebody appears in the counselling room, very often what they appear for, and um, what we call in the counselling is the presenting issue is actually not really where the work needs to start. So what we start to do in in counselling is start stripping it back. As I said, I mentioned about taking a a, a history of a client um, and what's happened in their lives, why they feel like they do, and start to understand exactly what's going on for them. Because self-worth can have a huge impact on your ability to uh, try new things. So Mm -hmm. somebody might come into the counselling room and present as really quiet, shy, timid, not able to step out of their comfort zone, yeah. So what then happens is the world starts to shrink. So you're trying to keep your world safe
0: mm-hmm. and
1: not try and do anything that that you feel you might fail on. So what then tends to happen is you never try anything new because you're yeah. too too concerned about it going wrong or it not having the outcome you wanted. So you don't go and try something new. Yeah. So that that's a good starter to, to to explore with a client in the in the sessions.
0: Yeah. And alongside that, would you encourage them to sort of make smaller steps to, um, like you say, try something new or get a new hobby or find some new people to hang around with? Does that help alongside the counselling?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all about baby steps. So the, the story is how do you eat an elephant in small chunks? <laughs> and how do you climb a mountain one step at a time? You can't yeah. expect to decide that you're going to do the three peaks challenge, for example, and, and go out in you know two weeks later and do it. It's not going of to happen. Course, yeah. So you've got to believe and have confidence. So the smaller steps that you take lead to bigger steps further down the line. So these can yeah. be very small steps. They don't have to be anything large. It's the fear of failure that stops people acting. Right.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. So if somebody listening um, knows a fellow work member struggles with their self-confidence or anxiety around certain areas of their work, how is it best to communicate both when they achieve something and when you see that they've sort of taken a knock or they've struggled a bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, praise is always easy to give, and, I, and I'm not overly au okay with it, although I'm a massive dog lover, I'm not overly au okay with the dog grooming world, but mm-hmm. I do understand that it's quite competitive. Um, it yes. can, can be, yes. can be a bit, bit snippy and a bit um, clicky, p- p- potentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always good to praise when you see a good piece of work um, in front of you and to boost that person's confidence. But, yes, it's how we deal with the knocks, that is more important, and how we build ourselves up when somebody makes a comment or a remark or online or anything like that, and how yeah. we can start to uh, put it in a context so that it doesn't overwhelm us and lead us to the point where we then don't want to go to shows or we don't want to to to, to go to competitions, etc., because okay. we think we're going to to mess it up. So it's about stripping back the feedback that somebody might give you. And actually saying, is you know, is there evidence to prove that that is true? Or is that somebody just putting their own stance on stuff and making me feel inadequate? Because only we can feel that. They can't, you know, people, you, people will say, uh, he made me feel terrible. Well, actually, yeah. no, you chose to feel terrible. It's about how you choose to break down the feedback that you got in the first place.
0: Okay, yeah, no, that does make sense. So it's sort of like putting it in a box rather than sort of trying to get the instant emotion from what's just been said it's just really processing it and trying to you know get the logic side of it before yeah. you go rushing in with being offended or being upset
1: or things like yeah. that it's about t- it's pressing the pause button so it's yeah. about responding not reacting and our first first thought is i'm rubbish i'm not i'm never gonna you know my practice won't last i'm not gonna be out of business and panic panic
0: panic panic panic.
1: well yeah and of course you know as a dog groomer unless you're working for a large chain you're a self-employed person and and there's a lot comes with that so you know you've got to have that confidence a bit like a counselor it's the same environment you know you work alone if you're in private practice and the only news that you're doing it well is when you get recommended by another or people come back to see you again and again and you know that the work is making a difference so So, yeah a lot of your confidence unfortunately when you're self-employed has to come from you and you have to have a conviction that your work is good and that some people will never be satisfied that's the reality of life
0: yeah I suppose it's the same in a lot of businesses you're going to get you're going to get good um customers that are happy with your work and you're going to get some customers that may suit a different groomer a bit better you just I suppose got to figure out a way of detaching yourself from the emotion of it
1: absolutely and I think
0: it's probably quite hard because it's quite a creative sort of job so you've put your um you've put your heart and soul into it really because nobody wants to send a dog out that the customer thinks oh no I don't like that like that's that's not the aim of the job so no it sometimes I think it probably is quite hard to detach it, but just thinking about you know, like you say, taking five minutes, taking a breath. Yeah. Um, so, what I wanted to talk about next, we sort of touched on a little bit, is the online grooming community is pretty big. Um, mostly, it is very supportive, but obviously, it does have its occasional blow-ups. As um, a lot of creative people in one area is probably inevitable. It it's going to happen. Um, people post their best grooms and achievements as well as sharing rants and asking for advice in the forums um do you think that overexposing yourself to social media um can affect your overall well-being how do you feel about social media as a counsellor
1: um Unfortunately, in this day and age, social media has got a lot to answer for in terms of the mindless scrolling that that people do generally um, and the sort of comparing and contrasting that we can do as individuals when you look at all the different platforms that are out there now with people presenting the most amazing, fabulous lives and not knowing actually the reality of what's going on behind closed doors. So I I often encourage clients and I have little plans with some clients to reduce their social media um, time for that very reason, because it's very often used as a, as a distraction. Yeah. So, so people will sit mindlessly scrolling on the evening when they could be doing something more constructive with their time or Definitely, doing, yeah. practicing some self-care Uh, etc etc and it can be hugely addictive and there are apps out there that can help limit your screen time but going back to the original question I do think it's really important to get a handle on what you view who you follow what their ethos is and and is it is it positive and adding value to your life or is it leading you down a route of feeling less than yeah Um, it's really important
0: And I think sometimes you don't always know what to expect when you go on Facebook. Sometimes you go on and you can, like you say, sit there for ages and have a a wonderful time. But then other times you can sort of see one post and that can spoil your whole day. Really, it's a bit of a minefield, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's about filtering out um, and choosing who you follow, as I said, wisely. Um, and, And, you know, choosing to put aside. a a period of time because you know it's it's all created Uh, I'm not an expert by any means on algorithms etc but it's all created to hook you in to go and send you off to different locations and and add new things to your screen or uh, you might like to follow this person or do this or do that yeah it becomes becomes overwhelming and you also get that FOMO that fear of missing out so you might miss out on a an opportunity for something that that you wouldn't have seen otherwise if you'd not been on the social media but i do think you know setting aside a a period of time in a day or or a time at the weekend where you just go right i'm gonna spend half an hour just catching up and seeing what's going on and then putting it down yeah Uh, it's a bit like you know um Either you don't, you don't pick it up at all and do it or you, you you get good at limiting your time which sometimes can be more of a challenge
0: yeah that bit can be a bit difficult yeah. sometimes and it, yeah. it sort of almost ends up being a bit like an addiction in a way because oh, it, is. You know, it, it just keeps going off there's no end to it is there
1: yeah i mean it, it is an absolute addiction you you will find now and i've and i've worked with clients where they cannot leave their house without their phone so even taking the dogs for a walk they wouldn't dream of leaving the house without taking taking their phone with them
0: yeah taking um, a picture of what's going on keeping yeah what um saying. and
1: yeah and um it's it's quite scary really because it it creates it just creates continuous need um and i think you know i always advise clients to leave their phones downstairs when they go to bed they don't take them upstairs they don't have them in the bedroom they don't use them as an alarm yeah um they they turn them off at night if it's possible and this is unless there's a um an emergency emergency. yeah Um, and they and they just try going out without having to have a phone with them yeah i mean i have started
0: i have started leaving my phone downstairs when i go to bed and i do find actually that It does help because I think in the morning when you first wake up, especially, you do need that sort of 20 minutes, half hour at least until you've got to your breakfast and made a coffee before you're sitting there looking at your screen. I find that things tend to sort of taint my day more when I've looked at them as soon as I've opened my eyes, whereas once I've had a bit of time to adjust to the world and... Um, wake up I'm in a bit more of a a level mindset and I've realized what the day is about and it doesn't seem to affect me quite as much so no
1: I mean it is an addiction it's a bit of it's a bit like an addiction it's a loop so it can lead to physical and psychological addiction because it triggers the brain's reward system for with dopamine so it can be as addictive as smoking drinking etc cetera, etc cetera, because it releases that feel-good chemical which is the dopamine that i mentioned yeah. uh, and that's actually a neurotransmitter which sounds all very technical but basically the more you do it the more you want to do it
0: yeah yeah i know that definitely makes sense
1: and it's about um, breaking that habit
0: yeah yeah, and I think that is very important, especially in this day and age. Like, just I like say to set time aside because if you don't do it, no one's going to do it for you, are they?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So, if someone um, is listening who knows they struggle um, with their self confidence and their self worth, um, is there any exercises or practices that you can give them to try, or any advice that you can give on how to begin to help themselves?
1: Yeah. So I think with with self-confidence, et cetera, it's about, you know, reminiscing and reminding yourself about the things that you have achieved in life, because we all are capable and we all do make achievements. It's just we always compare our achievements to others. and think they're wanting. So it's about reflecting back either in the counseling session or through maybe writing and journaling and getting an idea of actually what you have achieved in your life and it always doesn't have to always be big things it's about what makes you feel good so if you think about the mind body and the connection between it we can actually get a feeling in our body when something is going well and has gone well for us oh yeah definitely yeah so I think it's about doing that journaling reflecting on actually what you have achieved and what you have done rather than what you haven't so it's about to that glass half empty glass half full you know where is your glass is it full of what's what's ahead of you and what's gone before or is it half empty about the things you haven't yet you done yet and think you're a failure over um, yes because
0: I think sometimes um I suppose when you've achieved something you've spent so long working towards it that when you actually achieve it it's over in a matter of like you know hours or minutes or or whatever yeah. so the uphill sort of climb to it is always going to seem massive compared to the actual end result. And yes. then, and then I suppose after that, you're sort of thinking, well, what next? <laughs>
1: like yeah. It's
0: over. And then that's, I suppose, so the, the good achievements and, um, and the things yeah. that are positive, maybe don't, maybe don't stick in the memory quite as well when you're looking at the big picture. I don't know. How,
1: how do you think? Well, if you think we have about 90,000 thoughts um, a day, yeah and 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 about 85 percent of those are on repeat and they'll go through the next day and the next day and the next day Um, and it's also very important to recognize the language you're using to describe yourself so everybody's very good at being their own worst critic so what we say to ourselves we would never say out loud to somebody else but we're quite happy to do it to ourselves all day long yes so when you say oh that was a rubbish cut or you know the dog look didn't look even i mean i'm not an expert as you know yeah well, you know, the enough. dog did the dog didn't look even and x y and z it was rubbish it's not good enough da, 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 da. um it's by, about looking and actually recognizing okay you know there's a part of that groom that could have been slightly different however the overall effect is x y and z and recognizing that the, the negative language we use on ourselves is hugely powerful and once you start recognising it, you're doing and stopping it and noticing it, Yeah. you'll also begin to notice it in other people, how they're very quick to put themselves down.
0: Okay, yeah. And I think sometimes noticing it is, is quite a massive thing, really, because then obviously you can decide to make a change once you've realised you're doing it. But it's such a natural thing to do. Oh, well, where have I put my comb? I don't know where it is. Oh, I'm so silly. I'm so stupid. Yep. Where, where have I gone and put that? Why What's the matter it with me? There? yeah what's wrong with me yeah it's so easy it's so easy
1: yeah Um, so it's about being kind to yourself so I talk a lot in the counselling room about self-care and being kind to yourself you know nobody presents in the counselling room because the world's all going well um and, you know, very often the people that need to be in therapy aren't in it. It's the ones that are getting on the receiving end of someone's behaviour that, that end up in the counselling room. But, you know, I strongly believe everybody would would um, benefit from counselling because it gets us to look at certain aspects of our life. And one of them, you know, which is the theme of your of your session tonight is about making sure that, you know, we we are being our best advocate and we are we have our own backs and we're always constantly yeah. encouraging ourselves and noticing that that negative self-talk
0: yeah that's that's really interesting as well because I suppose if you're a happy person you're maybe less likely to be carrying those negative emotions with you such as yeah. maybe like jealousy or oh, yeah um, or I'm not good enough or hate or even like like you say self-inflicted negativity as well Um, and the only way we're going to feel good about ourselves is to obviously find a bit of you know self-acceptance and and work on ourselves and like we said earlier start from the inside and work our way out so absolutely that's great and if if someone came to you with um like a low self-acceptance or a low Mm self-worth and where where would you start within the counseling session like for someone who's never been to counseling and doesn't know anything about it from start to finish, like h- how would you initiate the sessions?
1: So counselling obviously is confidential unless there's anything safeguarding wise that, that needs to be um, disclosed, etc. So it's all confidential and it's about building a trust and a rapport with the client that's presenting in front of you. So very often people feel that they've failure because of fact to even come in the first place, all right? right? So it's not failure. The fact is, as I said earlier, you know everybody could benefit from counselling because we all have stuff we're all none of us are perfect we're all work in progress we're not the finished article so for someone to come through the counselling room for the very first session the very first session is very often the offload where the client doesn't stop speaking for the for the whole duration and just getting everything (laughs) off the chest and it's then the work of the counsellor to start picking unpicking that and then going back revisiting refocusing re-exploring what the client has shared and the reason obviously why they've come to therapy in the first place which can be any number of reasons Um, and it's important that that relationship of trust grows reasonably quickly so that the client can say and express how they're feeling without ever feeling judged or that the counsellor is going to react inappropriately, and that they don't feel that, that them some things they can't speak about because it's that's not the case in counselling. It's it's very yeah. much a sounding board for you to reflect back what you're thinking with the support of a professional who's qualified to do so to start you to get you to look at your your life and where you where you are and where you want to go. Yeah, so it's really
0: sort of coming to you with a jigsaw puzzle and sort of just helping them put the pieces Absolutely. back together so I suppose if someone came to you and they was a bit nervous the best thing that they can do is just be completely open because then mm. you can help them easier yeah. and you can sort of get to the bottom of the problems a bit quicker yeah. maybe because you know the more you hold back the harder it is for you to to help really
1: yeah and also you'll note well I, I will notice in the counselling room when people aren't being congruent and true to themselves so sometimes you get examples where clients are trying to impress you or tell you what they think you want to hear which is a false economy because it's a it's a waste of time and money for the client if they can't be honest and sometimes it takes a little while to unpick is that really what you mean yeah no but I'm actually I'm saying that but actually my body language to me is showing me something very different so it's about reading between the lines sometimes with And people sometimes don't want to admit they're struggling, that they've had suicidal thoughts, for example, or they felt life's not worth living anymore, or they felt they would just want to disappear off and go live on an island, you know, in the outer Hebrides or something. Um, But it's all okay because until we start admitting to ourselves how we really feel, we can't move away from that. We stay stuck in it and it goes round in a loop.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you really do need to open up and and be prepared to do that. And what you said about earlier about people feeling maybe like the first time they go to counselling that they have sort of failed by needing to go there. From what you're saying, it kind of makes it sound like you need to have like quite a lot of strength to go um, because like you say you're admitting that you want some help and you're admitting yeah. that you want to change something about your life that maybe you're struggling to figure out by yourself and yeah to do that, that like, just to make that steps really positive actually it's like the biggest yeah. the biggest step really just booking the appointment and going in on the first day because yeah. once Absolutely. you're there you can only go with it can't you so
1: yeah you you need to you need to um just just go gently and be kind to yourself and say, look, you know, I've I've turned up because I've got an issue with X, Y, and Z. Um, and very often what you came with is not what you end up discussing. But yeah. that's the and beauty. I always think
0: that's really interesting actually, Yeah, that things come out like in like a jack in the box with yeah. like something big and massive and it's like, well actually there's a lot of springs involved behind yeah. the jack in the box to, to yeah. set it
1: off. And, so. al- and also counseling is you know can can make you feel uncomfortable because you you've got to do the work because no uh, you know the counselor can't do the work for you they can all only walk beside you and support you they can't in, they can encourage you to make changes but ultimately it sits with you um yeah. so it, sometimes it's it's challenging for people to be the center of attention which sounds a bit odd because that whole hour or 50 minutes is about you and a lot of people don't like the attention don't like that um focus on themselves even though they've come to see a counsellor but over time that tends to dissipate and move away so they feel more confident
0: just ease into it a bit more and get more a bit of the idea of the routine of it and absolutely what happens and what's expected
1: absolutely that's
0: absolutely great so um like you say you do offer counselling based around a whole array of topics Mm -hmm. um so how do people find you if they wanted to look you up or maybe book a session with you either online or face to face because I know you do a lot of online sessions as well yeah um, what's the w- best way to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah so I, I've got a website called the dot UK so you can see me on there um, okay. and obviously um, you can share my my mobile number or I can give it out now um, and 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 come through to see me that way. Yes yeah, I do I it online. That- yeah and i do um face to face but might not work for some of your audience but i think the most important thing is to to reach out and have a chat to see if counseling is right for you because you know a good counselor will spend some time before taking you on as a client knowing that it's within their um powers to to help support a change so that phone call can sometimes or that reaching out on an email can be really important
0: yeah and so like in the grooming industry um we have a a company called the groomer spotlight who promote qualified groomers Mm -hmm. um, and they provide sort of little write-ups about their members so that people can look them up and and sort of scroll through a few and decide who they want to choose and whether they're suitable for for their needs um so is there something similar that you can do with counselling where you can look like within your area and look a bit up about the counsellor that you're you're wanting to approach before you actually approach them
1: yeah. So you a good source of qualified counsellors is the counselling directory. Okay. So if you if you put counselling directory into Google search, uh, it will bring it up and it'll have counsellors all over the country that offer uh, hybrid. Uh, so either face to face or online and, and the location and the areas that they cover. Um, yep. and they're all verified um, by the counselling directory I, I'm on it but I'm not active at the moment um, and you'll you will find those profiles in your area so you can connect with a counsellor that's qualified to, to work with you
0: and that's really helpful way way of letting people know how to find them because obviously sure. you want to make sure that you're with someone who knows what they're doing that they're absolutely you know, they're fully qualified and that they're going to suit you really because you need to yeah. gel you need to gel absolutely. and that's that's what it comes down to yeah fabulous so um I think that's sort of all of my questions sorted but is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered is there anything that you wanted to add to the conversation or um, I think
1: it's just to reiterate what I said earlier you know anyone who's self-employed is always up against it because you don't always get the feedback that you wouldn't and the comfort and the support of an organization around you so yeah. I'm I mean, imagining it can be quite a lonely place
0: yeah, groomers that yeah. work alone. I mean, that yeah. is a long day in a salon by yourself, dog after dog. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, some groomers
0: obviously do work in a in a busy salon, which presents its own other whole array of like yes you know, benefits and setbacks yeah. depending on how you look at it yeah. so so yeah it can be hard when you're working by yourself and not got a team just yeah. sort of say oh no actually you were right when you spoke to that customer or actually yes you know, that that tail shape wasn't as bad as you thought it no. was you know I think he was a little bit over so yes so yeah some sometimes especially by yourself that can be can be a bit Yeah, a bit like the sea keep coming in and knocking you a bit if you're having a bad day you know sort of one after the other but um you know like I say sometimes it does have its benefits being by yourself because you can just crack on and be creative as well but um but yeah no there's a lot of lot of different things that go into working in different salon situations
1: yeah okay no it's all good I think it's just as well it may appear daunting to pick up the phone or send an email but it actually, you know, with some of the stories that, that I've heard over the years, you know, you it can make a huge difference, and um, in sometimes in a relatively short space of time, because you've got that person to sense check stuff with you, um, and I've seen some real amazing uh, stories of growth and learning that have been quite inspirational, and so, you know, I don't see my my role as a job actually I love my work and it's really lovely to be part of somebody's journey to a to a a recognition of a different future which is which is important so yeah it's great that must
0: be really rewarding so yeah no well done you because it's it's sort of it's it's someone like you're out of the box do you know you're not part of the person's life as in you know you're not emotionally involved you can be you know you are someone who we can speak really openly to um and it makes it a lot easier to see the logical side of things because you, you can't just sometimes you just can't see that from inside your own head I think well no I can't sometimes
1: <laughs> and then you just go around and around in circles and and get nowhere so sometimes it's like someone comes along and goes presses this pause button
0: that's it. And I suppose it's sort of it is as well, just getting the spiral to work a different direction. So instead of keep going down and down, you're doing something yeah. to help yourself get back up the ladder and you know, session, move forward. So, no, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you Super. so much for your time. No, today,
1: you're welcome. Me. It's been good to. Uh, I think it's a great initiative of what you're you're looking to, to do. So well done, you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. So, um, yeah, brilliant. Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening and um, yeah. Thank you very much
1: thank you take care carla
0: thank you bye-bye what a brilliant guest to be the first to talk about counseling and how we can begin to help ourselves i really like the idea of starting to notice when you put yourself down and then changing the habit and the idea of looking back at how far you've come instead of obsessing over the things that you feel you still need more practice on and consciously trying to pick out the parts of the groom that did look good every time that you see something you're not quite happy with. I also think Lee really explained well how counselling can benefit everyone with understanding themselves a little bit better. I know since I started looking at my brain through counselling it really helped me find compassion in some of my memories and helped me figure out what my next move was going to be. I'm happy to admit that I dip in and out of counselling as and when I feel I need it. I agree with Lee that I think it should always be an option especially in times of need. I have included both Lee's phone number and website details in the show notes. I will also post these on our Wellbeing for Dog Groomers page and I will post the details of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that Lee mentioned earlier in the interview. Down the line, as Lee mentioned, I would like to touch on working alone. I would like to speak to someone with their own salon at home and someone who works mobile as I have absolutely no experience in that area at all. However, Next week, we have a brilliant interview with Tanya Salis. Honestly, it was so much fun and I can't wait for you to hear it. We are talking about cold water swimming and cold water therapy. We will be talking about how she feels it benefits her, both once she's in the water and when she's back out of the water again, in the salon and in general life. For now, though, thank you for listening. Please follow the Facebook group, Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast, and let me know any topics you would like me to cover and take part in the polls and questions on the page. If you want to stay up to date with this podcast, then give us a follow on your chosen platform. And if you like what you hear, then please rate us. For now, though, have a good day and a nice weekend. I'll be back next Friday. Cheerio.